Hello, I'm Brenna Pakes, graduate gemologist with a background in geology, as well as a former flight attendant. I've worked in the retail sector and now as a jewelry consultant through a blog and podcast. My mission is to connect shoppers to indie jewelers and designers who create beyond the commercial boundaries for shoppers who want to distinguish their unique style. I also share tips on how to care for jewelry you already have, as well as the stories of the designers I feature, and visit with experts in all aspects of the jewelry trade, along with social media influencers who serve to guide and inform as well. If you like jewelry that stands out and complements what makes you unique, then come with me today and board every episode for jewelry I've discovered by jewelers and designers who create with unique designs and rare gems for those who want to stand out rather than blend in with the trends. This is the Jewelry Navigator podcast. If your destination is a place to learn about and find unique jewelry, then welcome aboard and enjoy the episode. Hey there, and welcome to episode number nine of the Jewelry Navigator podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about how and where to shop for the best jewelry gifts for all occasions. With spring and summer, popular season for weddings and anniversaries, you'll want places to shop for gifts for brides and grooms, and as well as maybe your wife or husband and graduates. So in this episode, I share jewelry to give as new gifts, along with tips on how to pass along jewelry that could become an heirloom jewelry gift. So spring and summer invites lots of fun and festive occasions, like weddings and graduations. And since all these celebrations are coming up, along with summer travel just around the corner, I thought I'd share some shopping tips along with some new jewelry discoveries and some of my favorite designers. But first, let's take a logistical approach to shopping for jewelry. Like, who are you shopping for? And do you have a budget in mind? This usually falls in line with the budget, but what's the occasion? And is it super special or just like a little trinket of appreciation? Is what you're looking for something that will be worn a lot, like daily or just occasionally? Are you drawn to trendy or traditional pieces or the person you're shopping for, would that apply to them? Do you want what you choose to have gemstones or diamonds or both? Are you looking for a ring, pendant, necklace, earrings, or bracelet? Maybe a state or new? Think about these things, and I know it is a lot to think about, but I want you to be able to shop smart with what I'm about to share with you. Oh, by the way, this is kind of cool, an idea that I've had, and this podcast is being brought to you by a new ebook that I'll be publishing in the next few weeks, just in time for summer travel and vacations. One of my concerns for people shopping for jewelry is when they go out of town and they're looking for a memento or a souvenir to take home with them, they end up making a jewelry shopping choice that may not be the best one where the piece of jewelry doesn't last long or it wasn't a good value. So this ebook that I'm thinking about doing 
or that I will be publishing in the next few weeks. It's a part, it's kind of a virtual map of the best jewelry stores and designers to shop with when you're out of town, along with their stories and also how to shop wisely while on vacation, like on cruises and remote shops that offer repair services so that if you're out of town and something breaks or you're in a pinch, you can have a referral of a jewelry store where you can go to when you're out of town. So anyway, that's an ebook. And for updates and announcements on when that will be published, subscribe to the Jewelry Navigator Passport. That way you can stay up to date with when, when it's going to come out. So let's get back to jewelry shopping now and start with the who and why. Who are you shopping for and what's the occasion? Now, I know a lot of times we purchase for ourselves, but and, and a lot of these um, a lot of these concepts apply to whoever you're shopping for. But today I'm mostly thinking about occasions that go along with the season, like weddings, graduations and anniversaries, things like that. And even though weddings happen all year round, they kind of populate our calendars this time of year. Wouldn't you think so? I know I'm going to one pretty soon in a couple of days, and I'm really excited. I love weddings, and it's been a while since I've been to one. But back to shopping for a bridal or a wedding jewelry gift. If you have a family member getting married, it's a nice tradition to give one more jewelry gift before they go off and start their own families. Pearls kind of come to mind as a classic bridal gift, and there are so many options beyond the classic single strands. But keeping with our overview of considerations, cost is a factor when it comes to pearls, but shop smart and you'll be able to keep more cash in your wallet. The most cost-effective strand of pearl gift would be to take your strand of pearls or a special strand that maybe belong to a grandmother or uh, someone in the family, take it to your jeweler for inspection for them to take a look at it and see if it needs to be restrung. If it doesn't need to be strung, then you're in luck because all you'd need to do is just kind of wipe them down with a soft cloth and give them a little polish. But a special strand of pearls could be the bride's something borrowed or something old. If you do need to have them restrung, depending on how many pearls there are and whether you decide to have them have them knotted between each pearl, which is highly advised because if the strand breaks, it keeps the pearls from all coming off the strand and rolling all over the place and not being able to find them. Um, but the cost should still be significantly less than a new strand of pearls. And on average, the cost to restring pearls with knots is about $3 per inch or between $50 to $75 depending on how many pearls. And don't let pearls confuse you. It really can be confusing. Um, many look like the real thing and that's fine if you have a really pretty strand that's a costume, what we call costume jewelry. They're not real pearls but they look nice. But um, for now we're talking about real pearls and when we refer to real pearls, they're either fresh water or salt water. And all natural pearls are cultured pearls. That which means that there is an irritant introduced to the mollusk or the oyster. 
and nacre or nacre grows around the irritant and becomes a pearl. It used to be really easy to distinguish the two apart between freshwater and saltwater pearls because the freshwater pearls were irregularly shaped, kind of like those little rice pearls that we all had years ago. I'm not going to say specifically because I don't want to refer to my age. But anyway, um, they've really come a long way in culturing the freshwater pearls into becoming more round. So it is sometimes hard to tell the two apart. And the luster or how they're sheened, that real pretty shiny, silky look that pearls will have. They've mastered a really pretty luster on the freshwater pearls as well, but they still don't compare to the kind of luster that the saltwater pearls have. So that's one way that you can tell a difference. And at some point I'll do a video and let you know when that comes out on how to tell the difference between freshwater and saltwater pearls. But saltwater pearls are grown in oysters in saltwater environments and they're always more round than freshwater pearls. The factors that affect cost between the two types of pearls is that with freshwater pearls, they grow faster and more, more pearls can be produced per mollusk, but the sheen or luster of the freshwater pearl is less appealing or less noticeable than the saltwater pearls. And saltwater pearls, on the other hand, take longer to grow are more consistently round and have superior luster to the freshwater pearls. Now both are beautiful and most independent jewelry stores, and I'm talking about not the chain stores, most of them offer services where they can custom create a strand of pearls for you so you can actually select what you want. And that comes in really handy because how you base your decision depends a lot on the skin tone of the bride or whoever you're giving the pearls to. And those range anywhere from white to kind of a beige or yellowish tone to a rose or pink tone. And the rose tones usually are more desirable, but it just all depends on your personal preference and what you think is going to look best on you or the bride or whoever you're giving the pearls to. And the same factors can be applied to pearl bracelets and earrings as far as being really nice wedding gifts. And for the brides, stepping outside the traditional lines, I have a couple designers to tell you about that make some really cool updated versions of pearl jewelry. Veronica Eckert creates celestial pearl jewelry, which I'll feature in the accompanying blog post tomorrow. And hers are, they look like Saturn. It's a Tahitian pearl with a belt of pave diamonds and a little star dangling from 18 karat gold dangles. Really, really pretty. I'm so impressed with her line. And like I said, I'll feature her on my post. There's another designer who makes some really neat out of the circle of normal but really intriguing beautiful jewelry, Galatea. He's been making some unique pearl jewelry. A lot of his pearls he carves 
or he cuts and then they have gemstones on the inside. I will link and also feature some photos of his jewelry on the post. And then one last jeweler I want to mention, I featured her in the Mother's Day posts as well. Catherine and Josephine, they make a collection of pearl bracelets set with a one single 10 millimeter pearl in the center, but the pearl is set with diamonds. It's really beautiful and a lovely piece to, to wear. Now for the guys, cufflinks have become repopularized in the past few years and that opens up a wonderful gift opportunity for young men, whether they're grooms or graduates, but some really cool things that you can do with the cufflinks. If they're plain, you can have them monogrammed, which makes a, a, such a handsome and classic forever keepsake. But for something that's a little bit more, um, <laughs> shows a little bit more personality, Paul Michael Jewelry makes superhero and Star Wars themed jewelry. And I know I've mentioned him on a couple other podcasts and have featured him in many of my blog posts, but he makes Captain America Sterling Silver cufflinks with um, enamel, red, white, and blue enamel to accent it to make them look like Captain America's shield. Really, really cool things. And some other cufflinks that I love are made by Crash Jewelry in LA. She makes jewelry from car parts that are taken from not cars that have been in serious accidents, just like parking lot damage, scratches, dents, things like that, from cars like Porsches and Teslas, Mercedes, Maseratis, Ferraris, and she converts the metal from the painted parts of the cars into jewelry. So beautiful cuff bracelets, bangle bracelets, and in particular for the guys, cufflinks but she also makes the bracelets large enough to be worn by guys. So if you know somebody who's trendy and um, likes to show a really cool, fashionable style, maybe something from Crash Jewelry would be perfect for him. One item of jewelry that goes along with graduations are class rings. Class rings have kind of fallen from popularity over the past I don't know. What do you think? Maybe 10, 20 years? I don't see too many people wearing them anymore. And especially just from seeing my daughter and her friends graduate, nobody's really interested in that anymore. But I do see people buying and shopping for jewelry that would take place of a, of a class ring, maybe in the form of a signet ring or a really special piece of jewelry. So anything goes for a jewelry gift for someone who loves jewelry but some classic ideas would be monogram jewelry like a signet ring diamond stud earrings or a diamond pendant a solitaire pendant um, signet rings like I said for the guys or the girls or black onyx rings are so classic and it really holds up well for daily wear and long-term wear. So consider those kind of things and they can be set in sterling silver or gold and the sterling silver is definitely a more budget-friendly option if you want to take a look at those. With all these gift opportunities, don't forget to look in your own jewelry box or even maybe someone, you know, talk to your other 
people in your family, maybe your sisters, your brothers, aunts, and uncles, maybe you can all come together and put together something really special. But refurbishing or remaking jewelry allows it to be loved for a whole other lifetime. So pieces like brooches and pins can be converted into rings, pendants, or charms. And in an earlier episode, Finding Jewelry Treasures, I mentioned how to convert orphaned diamond stud earrings into solitaire diamond pendants, which of course makes a really nice gift and definitely more affordable than buying a whole new one. And old chains can be reinstated with a new clasp and a professional cleaning at your jeweler's. For dads, like I mentioned, um, crash jewelry before, I want to tell you something else about um, Christy Shimke, the founder of Crash Jewelry. But with every portion or a portion from every sale goes to uh, several different charities that you can choose from. But one particular that she is working close with is the Rescue Train which is a nonprofit no-kill organization dedicated to eliminating animal suffering and euthanasia through hands-on rescue work. So if you take a look at what she has to offer, she does have a really cool dog tag uh, necklace that she makes and specifically donates to Rescue Train, as well as a cuff bracelet with paw prints. So those are really cute gifts from Crash Jewelry that I think any dad or grad would really appreciate and love. Next, I want to talk about wearability and durability in the jewelry gifts that you select. First, let's talk about plated jewelry. I know that that's become really popular lately, and it's a great choice for affordability. Really cute things and usually um, fashion and trendy, but let me explain to you how the plating works. Usually the pieces are either gold or silver plated and that's on top of sterling silver or brass. It The plating is not very thick and it usually will start to wear down or wear off. It will wear down to the sterling silver so it's kind of a grayish um, grayish metal underneath the silver plating and then if it's plated over top of brass the sterling silver wearing down to brass it really starts to show yellow so they're really cute gifts but once again they may or may not last or hold up to frequent wear also consider gemstones in the pieces that you select especially in rings make sure that they have a hardness of seven or higher even higher is better because it will last longer and hold up to frequent and daily wear. And like I mentioned, black onyx really stands up to frequent wear and is a great choice for a, a ring that will be wear, worn for a long time and you know frequently. Sapphires, diamonds, banal, and alexandrite have hardnesses of eight and over and are really good choices for a frequently worn ring but the cost of these gems is higher than many of the gems with lower hardnesses like blue topaz or citrine once again it's all up to how much you're comfortable spending and how much wear you think the piece will get 
Estate and vintage jewelry is another category with lots of selection and appeal and typically can be purchased for a fraction of the cost of new jewelry. And a lot of jewelry and estate collections aren't necessarily older pieces. They've just been previously loved and worn. So you may find a contem contemporary pair of diamond or gemstone earrings in the estate case under the cost of a new pair as well as an assortment of other pieces with the character from a few to many decades past. If you like the idea of vintage style jewelry, two designers I featured in last week's Mother's Day Jewelry Shopping Guide are Heavenly Vices and Hugo Colt Jewelry. They both create beautiful vintage and estate-inspired jewelry where aspects of the design are new and will endure a lifetime of wear and love. The Love Tokens by Samantha, who um, makes the jewelry, creates the jewelry for Heavenly Vices, she creates, um, they're like an echo from the past, and the Love Tokens were created from coins as early as 13th century. According to Smithsonian's American History blog, I took a look and found a really good article. So if you want to refer to that or you want to take a look at it, it's a really great historical piece on their blog. But it's called Love Tokens Where Cold Hard Cash and Romance Meet. It was um, by museum specialist Robin Einhorn, and that was from February 11th in 2014. But here's a little description from her article on that blog. Because love tokens are hand engraved, they're unique. The birth of a baby, the initial of your intended, a soldier leaving a memory of himself with his loved ones, or a prisoner getting sent off to do his time, all have been remembered on the surface of a coin. Love tokens tell stories that begin with the words, images, and initials engraved on the coins and are completed only by the limits of your own imaginations. So Heavenly Vices has a beautiful collection of love token jewelry that are designed with the converted coin of the love token surrounded by gemstone and diamond halos with the coin at the center that's burnished flat and had been hand engraved with vintage style lettering and monograms and who knows maybe one will match the person that you're giving your gift to. You can find Samantha and her love token jewelry at Heavenly Vices Fine Jewelry and at Heavenly Vices on Instagram. Hugo Cole Jewelry, he replicates the ornate engraving and filigree details used by using dyes hubs and rolls those are all parts to make jewelry and they were there were techniques used back at the turn of the century and what he's done he's collected a lot of these antique pieces and now he has reinstated them making new pieces with his collection of hugo cole jewelry now let's talk about a little bit more about where to purchase your jewelry and where to look for these things. As I've mentioned some of the designers earlier, you can go on their websites and look for um, special jewelry with what they make. But if you're looking for something more custom in your own area, if you don't have a jewelry store that you shop at, some guidelines to look for would be that they offer 
on-site custom and repair work. These indie jewelry stores, and a lot of them have been in the same family for many decades and years, those are the kind of places that you're going to want to look for because they do have on-site shops where all of the repairs stay in-house. That means they don't leave the store to be repaired. And just as a little inside secret, most of the chain stores do not offer that same service. They do offer repairs, but the repairs are taken out of the store, often out of state. They're sent away. So ask where the things are repaired if it's on site. If that's not a big deal to you, that's fine. It's just my preference and you just keep closer to your jewelry and have more of a relationship with the jeweler and they just get to know you better and it's just an all-around better deal. Not all shops have the equipment set up to do custom services on site but like I said um, that's what I prefer and just go on your gut feeling and especially if they've been referred to you it's probably fine. So as I continue through with my discoveries, I'll continue to recommend indie shops that I find around the country. And please, if you have a jeweler you love and you want to share them, I would love to know about them. I'd be happy to mention them on a future podcast. But some that I know, some of my favorites is Almond's Jewelry in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm good friends with them and I've done some work with them. They just celebrated their 90th anniversary, all within the same family. And in Hershey, Pennsylvania, the Jewelers Bench, also in the same family, do amazing bench jewelry custom work as well as they have beautiful selections of jewelry. Another jeweler I've mentioned before, Custom makes a lot of his jewelry, Paul Michael Design, the same one who makes the Captain America cufflinks, as well as his alter ego online store as Geek.Jewelry. He does custom jewelry repair as well. And I forgot to mention that Paul Michael Jewelry is located in downtown Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Most jewelry stores and businesses have online extensions and websites, but there are a handful of sites that are platforms from which a lot of these indie designers and jewelers can sell from. And Etsy has become one of the leaders in this online jewelry arena. There are others, but today I'm just going to be focusing on Etsy and sharing some of my favorite designers that I've found along the way on the Etsy sites. One day I was strolling through Etsy looking for jewelry set with unique gemstones like spinel and tourmaline and I was so excited when I found pages on this particular shop, this Etsy shop, filled with stunning jewelry, mostly rings, which are one of my favorite pieces to wear because I can look down and see it, but they were all set with beautiful vibrant colored gemstones and accented by diamonds, but what really caught my eye was that they were set with gemstones like spinel and sunstone and bikili, color change garnet, really exciting things that hardly anybody really knows ex exist. And finding them is like uncovering treasure. And I'm talking about California Girl Jewelry. 
They're one of my very favorite shops on Etsy, and I was so excited that I found them. In fact, I featured them several times, but they were featured in my very first podcast episode, and I'll continue to shout their praises because I just adore them. I love what they stand for. I love how they make jewelry, and not only do they make all the jewelry on their site, on their website, from their San Francisco studio, but they're also a mother-daughter-owned business, and because their circle of production is so small and they everything is kept on site, they can keep the prices of their jewelry way lower than most other jewel, other jewelry stores can offer, especially when you consider the type of gemstones that they use. And just in brief, their story goes, this is from their about page at um, CaliforniaGirlJewelry.com, mother-daughter designers who use only the best rare colored gemstones sourced from around the world each setting is designed around the exquisite gem to create colorful and sparkling jewelry. We offer custom jewelry and vintage and estate jewelry made by women for women. And once again, that's from their about page on CaliforniaGirlJewelry.com. And they are a full custom and repair studio. So if you're lucky enough to live in the San Francisco area, make California Girl Jewelry a must visit and make them your own jewelers. I know I would. If I lived there, I would be there in a heartbeat. And I hope one day I can go and visit them. But most of their pieces are set in 18 karat or platinum or 18 karat gold and platinum. Not together, but you know, separately. And the diamonds they use are very high quality, being no lower than G color and VS quality. I'll share photos from um, their website of their jewelry on the coordinating blog post. You can also find past blog posts with pictures um, featuring their jewelry. And any of their pieces would be wearable treasures for any gift occasion. And many of their rings set with colored stones are a durable alternative to diamond engagement rings. Another one of my favorite Etsy shops is Sithra, C-Y-T-H-R-A, by Dan Popkey. And on Instagram, he's at dpopkey. He makes the sterling silver and gold goldfish necklaces I featured last week in the Mother's Day feature, and each one has a little colored diamond as the sparkly eye. And for anyone who really likes something peculiarly unique, there's a shop on Etsy called Marty Magic, M-A-R-T-Y Magic. They make really cool, quirky designs. Um around themes like aliens, <laughs> UFOs, but mostly um, ocean theme creatures, octopus and fish. In fact, they make a really cool lantern fish, that scary fish that was in Finding Nemo with that lantern, and they make it in um, sterling silver as well as gold or bronze, and um, they make really pretty ear cuffs like fantasy and nature-inspired um, jewelry ear cuffs with mermaids, octopus, moon, 
dragons, frogs, and snakes. All of those are ear climber designs that they make. But um, I think one thing that caught me the most were their aliens in their flying saucers. <laughs> they also make a Godzilla pendant and um, just really fun things. One ring on her site was an ocean theme piece with um, made in 14 karat yellow gold, an ocean scene set with pink, orange, and yellow sapphires. It was really pretty, and I'll include that in the post. My last jeweler and designer that I found on Etsy that I'm just really drawn to is LJD Designs. She's in St. Augustine, Florida, which is one of my favorite places because I grew up not too far from there. But she's on Etsy as well. She makes classic and contemporary jewelry with designs of lily pads and things that have really organic texture, earrings and pendants, emulating a rippled sand with diamonds, along with other beautiful jewelry that complements styles that go from casual and natural to formal and classic. Her prices start at $69 for a really pretty sterling silver banyan tree texture stackable ring. And you can find her on Etsy at LJD Jewelry, and that's all one word. That wraps it up for today's episode. Thank you for hanging in there. I know this was a little bit longer than I normally do, but there was so much to cover with such so much great information and jewelry and as always my mission is to bring these talented jewelers and designers to your attention so you can stand up for what matters to you and stand out with what makes you unique all while supporting small indie businesses here in the U.S. and I'd really love to hear what you think about the podcast so far. Are there questions you have about jewelry but aren't sure you want to go into a jewelry store just yet and find out? Um, let me know. I would love to get you started. Besides providing you with jewelry you won't find anywhere else, I started Jewelry Navigator as a way to reduce the uncertainty and doubt shoppers have when it comes to caring for and shopping for jewelry. So what kinds of topics would you need to know about and have addressed to make jewelry care easier and shopping more user-friendly. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you in my email. You can email me at brenna at jewelrynavigator.com. You can also uh, visit me on my website and that's jewelrynavigator.com and leave me a comment. Be sure to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport where you'll get continuous updates on upcoming podcasts and any other kind of special stories I have about jewelry news and designers. So until next time, make sure that those lobster clasps are all tightened and secure and know that garnet comes in every color. Until next time, talk to you later. Bye-bye.